When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody it's the end of the first week of succession's final season but we're just getting started with our end of week wrap-up show here on the succession podcast hello everybody i am josh wiggler i am joined here as always by my fellow disgusting podcaster jess sterling jess Hi, I am Crunchy Peanut Butter, and I am ready to go. Oh, well, I'm very excited to welcome in classic smooth peanut butter here <laughs> to the podcast this week. She is the co-founder of the Succession podcast here on Post Show Recaps. You heard her all throughout season two, sporadically throughout season three. She showed up on the Daily Succession podcast in the lead up to season four, and now She's coming in to weigh in on the very first episode of the very last season of Succession. It is a my wife, the great Emily Fox. Emily. A smooth peanut butter. Interesting yeah. selection for me. You, you, would you disagree? I don't know. Maybe like an almond butter. I was just going to say almond butter. You're so gourmet, Emily. I know. I have to be. Come on. Stay on brand. Emily Fox, the (laughs) frugal gourmet over here. Emily would be great hosting a show on Gourmand on uh, the the extended Waystar Royco universe. Jess, don't you think? I mean, obviously, better than Connor at the very least, which isn't saying much, to be fair. Do you hyper decant your wine, (laughs) Yeah, this was my next question. I mean, listen, I can pull the Vitamix out, put a little bit of wine in there, just let it breathe a little bit, hit it on the high note. You know, I, I, I enjoy a hyper decanted wine. Emily, very lie. brave of you to bring up the Vitamix after what happened this week, but uh, we don't need to... <laughs> We don't need to get any deeper into that saga Blew here. Out the top of it, okay? We just yes. need to replace the top. We'll replace it's the fine. top. We'll replace did it the do top. one of those like TV situations no, where it hit the God. ceiling? No, <laughs> it was more like, oh, where did a piece of this top go? Did I blend it into something I just made? Let's hope not. And then I streamed it and made sure that that didn't happen. It's fine. But we're okay. We're Everything's going to be fine. It's probably somewhere in our dishwasher. To you be know what? It's probably going to go as well for whoever has to eat the thing that might have some blended Vitamix into it as it's going to go for the Roy children who have just purchased pgm everything's going to be totally fine like it's going to work out and there's not nine episodes left to go of drama still to ensue how was that for a segue into the first episode of succession season four which ostensibly we're here to talk about but beyond talking about the episode we're here to talk about week one of the final season of succession we are live right now on youtube the post show recaps youtube account is operational folks go to postshowrecaps.com slash youtube to subscribe to our page you can watch along with us live if you've got live feedback we will answer live feedback i uh, just want to give shout outs to uh, the great will a in the audience who is also saying my wife uh in reference of course <laughs> to jess sterling uh so here we all are being adults in the room mm-hmm. uh so we are live for uh for the for the for the post recaps youtube you want to subscribe postrecaps.com slash youtube you want to make sure that you're not missing anything that post recaps is doing go to postrecaps.com slash subscribe that's our subscriber hub it'll tell you all the really great things there's lots of really great things that are happening on post recaps right now beyond succession you want to get involved that is the way uh so postrecaps.com slash subscribe um emily fox we have yet to hear your thoughts on the return of succession we have had so many podcasts this week we had the live recap on sunday night which we're gonna do again for anyone who wants to be involved in that that is also posterrecaps.com slash youtube for the uh second episode we will do it live again we had the deep dive with grace and your party down co-host the fantastic yeah. Dr. Amanda, part of the regular succession team this season. We had versus Latanya and I pitching Yellow Jackets versus succession here on the podcast. And Rob, who got a great uh, justified, vindicated hate into Cousin Greg this week. These were the podcasts that came before. Emily Fox, you were showing up with Jess and I as the closer. What did you think of this first final episode of succession? 
I think it really packed a punch. It was really exciting to be thrown back into the really screwed up dysfunctional dynamics of this family like we always enjoy. I think that's, you know, the reason everyone tunes in. But we didn't feel like I, I at least didn't feel like we missed much of a step at all. It's like we jumped right back into it. We saw everybody kind of going through their own stuff. Um, you know, obviously some time has passed, but it was really great to just see where everyone's at. And, uh, you know, I think each individual character is just so well written. And I love seeing sort of how they've built out this universe to the extent that they have and watching them kind of beat Logan on his birthday on his damn birthday. I know. And seeing made him wash dishes. Yeah. And seeing him just be such a sad sack, even though he's evil Lost and track. conniving and manipulative <laughs> and all that other stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Did you Great feel symp sympathy for the devil? Did you feel, were you feeling it for Logan Roy? No. Am I out on an Island here feeling bad for Logan? Roy? I think you have to be a particularly awful son of a bitch. Yes. To make all of your children not care about you like it's this is true you know what i mean except for connor who's you know obviously got you know both feet in in the game because he needs him you know what i mean yeah. there's like obviously a, a codependency there in terms of wealth that connor needs to feed off of in order to continue on whatever the hell he's doing um so i think you, you've got to be a, a really terrible person for all of your kids to be this alienated from you and therefore you know, I think that he probably had so many chances, so many choices. We've watched him needle them and manipulate them throughout these seasons so far. I don't feel that bad for him. Like you reap what you sow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jess, has the week made you feel any kind of, any kind of way, any kind of way about, <laughs> about Logan, uh, any kind Logan. of way about anybody? Like have your thoughts evolved <clears throat> since we spoke on Sunday night? Now you've had how many different times have you rewatched the, the premiere at this point? I have seen the premiere five times at this wow, point. Yes. Wow. <laughs> have a sickness. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. I love the show so much. And the only and cure is more crunchy <laughs> peanut butter. Uh, yeah, definitely. Certainly my feelings have evolved on the premiere as I've watched it so many times at this point. And I, I still don't have a ton of sympathy for Logan, though. And the problem yeah. is that, like, we've set up three full seasons of how terrible Logan is. Mm -hmm. And I've I've said before on podcasts, I can count on one hand the number of times that I have had sympathy for this character. This episode, I don't really. Um, I feel like, like Emily said, you reap what you sow. And uh, eventually his kids are leaving him. And the worst part is that they're now banded together against him. It's, right. it's different for him when in other seasons he's only had one on the outskirts and he could play dog pound with them and say that's the weak dog get the weak dog as he's done so many times uh specifically with kendall but when they're all ganged up against you and they're a family without you that's a special kind of hurt um but i don't think it's unjustified and i i don't feel bad for logan in fact i was i, w I was with the roy children in the end of the episode when they are celebrating him calling and saying a single line to them like, oh, you said the highest number, you effing morons, congratulations. Right. I was celebrating too because even though this is only one episode of a 10-episode season and of course it's bound to go poorly for them eventually, I want to celebrate the wins with them. <laughs> when they mm -hmm. get one over on their father, I'm cheering too. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I also want to give shouts again to the chat as we have from Stuart five, five, Jessica, <sighs> five times. And also yeah. want to give shouts once again to Will, who also says five. Uh, to which I say, Will, <laughs> yeah. you should probably be paying tabs on this. You know, <laughs> you should be paying attention. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, five times, five times. It's a great. The problem show. is they show. only put out one episode a week. So what I'm am aware. I supposed to do for the other days? <laughs> uh, podcast about it seventeen times as we do here on Post Show Recaps. Do you feel like you have anything left in your tank yes. to talk about? Well, oh. I do oh, because uh, so I'm. I'm this very is why excited. we pay you the big bucks. That's it. I'm excited about this show because this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna get the takes from a guest every time. We're gonna bring somebody in to tell us what they thought about the episode when we do these wrap up shows. Hopefully, we'll keep doing them. If people were enjoying this one, we'll do it again. Uh, but we also, I think, have a lot of other business to attend to. 
There's a lot of headlines that happen between premiere night and this point in the week. A lot going on in the Succession universe that I want to call out and talk about here. We also want to continue our Rate Roy program. This was something we were doing for the Daily Succession podcast where we went back rewatched, recapped every single episode of Succession and rated the Roys on a scale of zero to four all the way through. We're going to continue that and we're going to do that here in the wrap-up show so you can participate in that. Postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy is the way. Rate each of the main characters on a scale of zero to four. We will talk them through here on the podcast. And then we have a bunch of other things that we've been tracking along the way. The F-offs from Logan Roy. How many times does he say it? The dads from Kendall. How many times does he say that? A few other things that we are tracking. So we'll continue tracking those pieces here on this podcast and any live feedback that rolls in as it is going on. So that is what's on the menu. Are you both ready to get into some headlines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Um, Jess, this was an exciting thing. I think this is going to be more exciting to you and me than it is going to be to Emily, unfortunately, because Emily, you have not done the severance. Wait, you just said my name. Why? Emily. (laughs) Emily. Do you want me to leave? I can leave. Emily. (laughs) Emily has yet to watch the severance. M-E-F. MEF has not done the severance. Did you you watch the first episode of Severance, I did. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you were effectively like chilled and freaked out by it. Yeah. And you didn't really want to do that. I was like, the real world's hard enough. Yeah. I think you should go back to it. When season two starts picking up, I would love to Listen, re-engage. These are the types of things that happen to me over the course of time. Sometimes I pick up a whole series later on and binge it. It, right. it's, it's been your known seasons to one of 24 right you know yeah. you're like uh seasons two of 24 <laughs> you're not seasons three and beyond of 24 listen i got a lot going on mm-hmm. some of us are in the kitchen all day that's true <laughs> fair enough uh and of course you are currently podcasting party down and the party down finale right. actually has just dropped, if I am not mistaken. Yes, correct. Uh, and the great Emily Fox and Dr. Amanda shall be getting together to recap the final episode of Party Down. I got my bow tie right here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wish that you were wearing it. This is a video podcast. I know. I know. I feel like, sorry about that. A bow it's tie with good. my sweatshirt. You're fine. <laughs> so um, the the severance thing, though, Jess, why don't, you, why don't you tell the people, so people who love severance and succession, mm-hmm. if they don't know this, this might be something that they're going to be very happy to hear. Yeah, so Mondale Wamsgans, as we see in this episode, we've seen him in other, he makes a few appearances on the show. Apparently, this is the same dog, and his name is Ditto, which is such a cute dog name. He is the same dog that plays Radar on Severance, Irving's dog, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, Someone, an eagle-eyed viewer, pointed this out on Reddit. We also had an interview with uh, Sarah Snook where she talks about it. And this is a famous dog now. He's making his debut on two huge shows in the past couple of years. So congrats to to Ditto. Isn't he adorable? Ditto. Ditto's a nice <laughs> name for a dog. Isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, you're like, I love you, Ditto. And he just goes, Ditto. That's what he says. <laughs> Very cute. Nice joke. Mm-hmm. Ditto the dog. Radar, hopefully with a bigger role in season two of Succession or Severance, rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, But his time on Succession, at the very least, is coming to an end. Emily, how depressing would it be if you came home and, like, Dougie didn't recognize your scent the way that that Mondale Wamsgans (laughs) did not seem to recognize Shiv? I'd probably turn around and leave. Uh That's how connected to that cat I am. Yeah. Yesterday, I told Josh that cat is the... uh, the cat version of me yes like the two of us are just the same yeah. we're exactly the same we, we just want to we want to know what's going on we want to be around our people we just want to hang out all yes. the time yes uh, yeah. it's very cute it's yeah. very very sweet but if he didn't recognize me i'd be pretty upset I so think be upsetting. Yeah. i feel like shiv doesn't necessarily hold on to that same exact uh emotional response that i might uh she's sort of like oh hi oh yeah. weird i guess you don't know me. yeah Yes. It's always been weird to me that Tom and Shiv have a dog because yeah. they don't seem like one dog people. And every time we've seen Mondale, he's always in this like uh, playpen of yeah. sorts. He's never out and about. And they have this. That massive... is the piece of this that makes the most sense to me, though. No, it uh, makes the piece sense. That makes but my it's the most sense to me is that they would pen Mondale into like this really tiny square foot. And he's a big boy. Yeah, he is he's a big. big boy. But that's why they can't let him out because he eats the underwear. He sits. <laughs> 
on the on the couches. Oh, that's right, the pantyhose. Yeah, he, he did literally. He, he ate Shiv's pantyhose. He's gonna cause a mess, and this is all like fine fabrics and such. Uh, and there's no way that they walk Mondale. No, no, they have a dog walker. They've talked about her yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this is the this is the issue. I mean, I'm I'm happy if if of the two puppy parents. Tom is the one who gets to keep Mondale. I feel like that makes more sense to me. Yeah. He feels like more like he'd be a better dog owner than Shiv is. Yeah. But yeah, I just want Mondale to be free. You know, we let him run around. Free Mondale. Free yeah. Mondale. Uh, moving on with headlines um, from Vulture this week, Jess. Uh, Vulture took a magnifying glass to the new opening credits for Succession Season 4. And they're like barely new, right? Like it's still the same theme song. Yes. It's still the same rigmarole. Uh, but like a couple of different shots that were included in the opening credits. Did you take a look at this? Yeah, so we have on a smartphone, we have an app called Stargo, which is obviously a combo of Waystar and Gojo. Um, it promises all your favorite Waystar movies and TV in one place. So we see, like you were saying before, we have like a WSP, voila, and of course, Gourmando, uh, <laughs> something you could watch. Um, this is interesting because obviously in the show, the sale hasn't happened right. yet. And I think, Emily, there is speculation as to whether or not Logan will foil the sale to get back at his kids because they need that sale to go through in order to purchase uh, Pierce. Yeah, this is all just like very deeply intertwined and like, will they, won't they? Is this a setup? Is this reality? And, you know, Nan being in the middle of everything, being like, ah, I don't know. I hate being in these positions. (laughs) And you're just like, oh, this is so icky. Don't you feel terrible watching it happen? I, it's so uncomfortable to me because everybody's just using each other as their own chess pieces on this like elaborate board, which they've always done. But I think to see it in rapid succession hey. is uh, is uh, like a particularly uncomfortable thing to witness, even though we love it. We live for the drama. Sure do. Uh, another thing that Vulture called out were some of the headlines that you see mm-hmm. in New York City on like all of the big screens in Times Square. And there's all these different ATN News live headlines that feel like they could exist in our world. So Certainly. it's like really incisive parody where it's like, where is the line between reality and parody? Uh, among these uh, headlines, deep state blunder, classified documents displayed on NBA Jumbotron. Uh, I think the other one that I really like is many with bird flu can't stop thinking of ducks. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this this tracks a China hack could see 40 million Americans entombed in their electric entombed cars. Entombed in their electric cars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Entomb me in my electric car. That sounds like as far as ways to go, sure. I'd have my uh <laughs> I'd have my radio. I could listen to my podcasts. I feel like the the battery power would last for a little while. <laughs> Might not though. Might not. It's true. It depends mm. on where I'm at. It might drive life. you off a cliff if you weren't careful. I suppose that is also a possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Vulture taking a really close look at the credits. It's a fun read if you have not yet had the chance to read it. Um, Jess, you also flagged a Rotten Tomatoes interview with the cast of Succession that you thought was interesting. Yeah, this was really interesting. I really enjoy watching the interviews with the actors on the show because the show is very collaborative. A lot of the actors have said Jesse Armstrong is very open to suggestion in terms of what their characters would do. It is not just a read what's on the script and you're done. Um, and so Kieran Culkin spoke a lot about the fact that uh, he he thinks that Roman wants the business with the siblings to work specifically not only so that they can hang out, but because if they separate business from pleasure in a way, business yeah. from personal with their dad, that maybe they can eventually see their father on his birthday and hang out with him more, which makes a lot of sense. And also to me tracks that it's also why he wouldn't want to get involved in the Pierce deal because he doesn't want to not only go head to head back again with Logan, but also wouldn't want that to, to kind of clutter up his relationship with Logan. And maybe if eventually enough time passes, things will simmer down, they can see each other. So I just thought that was really fascinating that I, I had always looked at Roman Wanting to work with his siblings is, of course, wanting to be closer to family, like we see him speak about on the boat when they have that scene of, can we just talk? Um, But I find it fascinating that he thinks that this is also a way to get back in with his father. 
Yeah. What do you think, Emily? How long is it going to take before Roman's just like hanging out with his dad again? Uh, it feels like it shouldn't be that long, but we're yeah. hoping that it doesn't take too, it, that it's not too soon. Where are you at with that? I mean, he's always the one that's sort of towing the line, the, the greatest, I think. He, because, you know, he doesn't have the, maybe the foresight to plan and execute very large mergers or, you know, new business plans without someone talking in his ear, without yeah. some sort of like feedback from somebody else in the family. And that's why, you know, he's always the one that's the most reluctant to go along with his siblings because I think he feels like he has more to lose. Whereas with his father, it's not like he has like a cushy relationship with him at all. I think Logan's particularly awful to him. But there is a level of like almost being close to his abuser and that like, oh, I know I'm safe here and I'm safeguarded with him, despite the fact that he's going to treat me like absolute trash. So, yeah, do we see him like sort of feeling like he's not seen or heard with his older siblings who are kind of pushing for this, this and that and don't really see him as being a priority in the transactional you know, relationship of of them together? And Roman sort of like slowly backing into a situation where Lo I mean, uh, Roman slowly backing into a situation where Logan's like, son, come back. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come, come on. here, son. Come to daddy. Yeah. Like, come to daddy. <laughs> yeah. Like you can see it happening. You can feel it happening because that's what we've seen so far in so many different interactions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff. I'm I'm nervous. Something's got to break, and it's probably got to break pretty soon since we only have nine episodes of Succession. What if it's left. a really calm rest of the season where they're like, uh, "Yeah, right. here we go." I don't think it's I'd done. like it. I don't think I'd like it. That's I think Succession. Yeah, I think I think like things have to get uh pretty bad. Pretty cousin fast. Greg settles down with this new girl. They decide doesn't to get seem married. likely. <laughs> Bridget Random F. You yeah, mean? I don't think uh, I don't think Bridget Random F is about to become a Hirsch. Uh, <laughs> Not a not on my bingo card. <laughs> Probably uh, not. I have I have two uh, additional things to add to the headlines portion of today's proceedings, and both of them involve Matthew McFadden. You ready? Oh, yes. Okay. So uh, we know Succession is ending. Mm -hmm. uh, these actors looking for work. Let's get them work. Let's put them to work. Uh, Matthew McFadden is not going to have to wait too long. Deadline.com reported this week that Matthew McFadden is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe wow. in, an, in an unknown role in Deadpool 3. Uh, so he is going to be joining the cast of the third Deadpool, which is the first MCU Deadpool, which obviously involves Ryan Reynolds returning as Deadpool. But the other huge news, the Hugh Jackman news, is that Hugh Jackman is going to be in Deadpool 3 as Wolverine. And in some way, shape, or form, Tom Wom's games is going up against that. Great. So great. <laughs> this is it, great. It, this is a natural next step if you think about it. Because Deadpool, it, it is the raunchier, more racy. Deadpool's uh, like bad... kind of the Tom Wom's games of the Marvel uh, yeah, side of things. But the right? disgusting brothers would fit in well there. <laughs> yes. They, they really aren't shy about swearing. So he, he'll slide right into that mm -hmm. role. I think this makes a lot of sense. What I'm most interested to see is will Matthew McFadden have his beautiful British accent or will he be forced to put on another American accent? Well, <laughs> so good with the, with the, with the voice work that I he would is. be fine with whatever they want to try him out. in. Um, I mean, I'm really excited to one day get like a big, uh, you know, like uh, I don't, I don't know what he does next. Like what's his next thing. I think that he should headline a show. I think he should do whatever he wants. I think that he should be allowed to do basically anything uh, moving forward. But I think him getting involved in a big blockbuster, like a Marvel movie, I'm really thrilled that because Deadpool will, if it's if it's anything like the first two, it is going to be much more comedic than it is serious. Uh, and yeah. I think that it'll be a fun break for Matthew McFadden, who's had to straddle both sides of the line between comedy and drama on succession. And that is a tight rope walk in and of itself. So let's just let him like do some like dumb schlock. I think like he'll be really good at the dumb schlock. Uh, Bram refers to this as the disgusting mutants <laughs> on Marvel effing tour. Uh, so that's the news about Matthew McFadden. The next thing was a very curious uh, Reddit post crossed my desk this week, folks. And the Reddit post 
was referring to a headline from, I think if it's not this, uh, I think it was before the premiere, actually, that Yahoo reported uh, based on some interviews with some of the actors of the show that Succession Season 4 has a twist that will break the internet. Oh, uh, no. This is the headline. Succession Season 4 has a twist that will break the internet. How hyperbolic is this versus, oh, God, there's going to be something in here that's going to, like, destroy the World Wide Web when it's already on its way out the door? We have something else that's going to be from Succession that's going to help break What if it's, like, a Logan women? sex tape? Um, that would break the internet. <laughs> That would break oh. the internet. That would break my brain. I mean, the right we hear about the CCTV going on in his house. He accidentally no. tapes himself and Carrie. No one needs to no. see this. Logue. Hey, Logue. No. I don't need to see that. Uh, Maybe they're the, rummaging a little Lincoln bit. Lincoln Logues. The Reddit post, <laughs> the Reddit post that I saw uh, getting into some of this of like, what are your twist predictions out there? Um, there was one that... Um, really blew my mind oh please and i just want to like toss it out to the group as a conversation that could be absolutely nothing but in case it's something maybe let's just talk about it because it has never been talked about on a post show recap succession podcast and i've been on most of them okay okay so this is from lanky ad 9849 (laughs) on reddit Shouts to you. You blew my mind with 562 upvotes on this comment. Um, it's two possibilities from Lanky Ad 9849. Uh, thing one is less of a, of, a, of a brain buster. Thing one is Kendall has been working with Matson to burn his siblings and bring down his father ever since Logan sided with Roman to gut Valter. I feel like that doesn't feel right to like Kendall's authentic yearning for his siblings yeah. in like the season three finale. It that also seemed like really Madsen and Kendall really weren't getting along at, yeah. at his birthday party. So I totally. don't know that there's a, a lot of breadcrumbs or seeds there. Yeah. So here's thing two. It's a shorter sentence. Okay. Tom is an undercover federal agent. Tom is an undercover federal agent is what? the is the theory that is put forth from Lanky Ad 9849 <laughs> on Reddit about the succession season four twist that would break the internet. Can we interrogate this at all for five seconds as to the veracity of the possibility that Tom could be like a Michael McKeon in Clue who has been like embedded all this time? I thought and you were going to say a Michael McDonald, and I was like, yes. From <laughs> the FBI! Yeah, like, is there is there a way, is there a way that this would make any kind is of Mondale sense? Is Mondale a police dog? Is Mondale a police dog? Canine unit? And like, part of like, Gosh. oh, Mondale must not have recognized your scent as part of the cover <gasps> is that why he offers to go to jail for logan because he's mm-hmm. like i'm not going to jail yeah that would mm-hmm. be part of that he also like he's taken like secret clandestine phone calls in like the the corner office he needed to talk to rex hendon who we think is lawyer. actually a real lawyer um I don't know. And they that's were... why I became friendly with Greg, because uh-huh. he's like, this is the only person that's not going to sniff me out. Right? <laughs> this, feels, this feels too cute, I think. This mm-hmm. feels I love like, it. This, this feels like not a thing Succession does. Succession yeah. does twists, but not... What if I everyone mean... ends up being under arrest at the end of the, uh, the season? Yeah. Like, everyone oh. goes to jail. I like just Seinfeld. Want... I just want to like go through some of like the reactions that it had on this Reddit yeah. post where people were like, uh, when uh, the uh, so someone said when it start when the show started two years ago, I was absolutely positive Tom was an undercover and I would still love it. Um, another commenter says it would explain why he keeps offering to go to prison as a sacrificial yeah. lamb. Uh, and then another commenter says, but he seems super tortured about it. The uh, first person says, maybe it's good acting. And then another person says, but even in private, he was tortured. And then the person after that says, method acting? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pulling a a page out of the old Jeremy Strong book. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So... I don't think there's, I think that there's like a 0.0 point, uh, you can't keep yeah. doing the points, but like no chance basically. But uh, what if there was? Real. What if there was happening? If it happens, like, let's just at least like mm. shout to the, to the, to the just young kiss. lanky ad uh, that this was the thing, <laughs> but I felt like we had to say it. 
internet breaking twist, right? That's like the headline of like what that could be. Because Succession, I wouldn't say is a twisty show. It's not. Like everything, everything that they do, you can go back and see how they got there. You could see the steps that it took to get there, right? Even Tom turning on Shiv at the end of season three. Like they set that up for seasons beforehand. I don't, I think this is a bit overblown in terms of what the giant twist will be, quote unquote. I know we've heard rumors, Josh, about a third, what I've heard is a 30 minute um, take that they are going to like keep in the show uh, in one of these episodes. I don't know what episode it's going to be. Okay. I feel like that could be related to this, this like quote unquote twist. Interesting. That seems massive to me. I feel like maybe it has something to do with Shiv and Tom. Although when you have 30 minutes, that seems like you have to have a lot of characters involved, but we still haven't seen them kind of have it out yet. Right. And like, who knows how this divorce situation is going to actually end up. I just don't think we're going to have some kind of, massive twist this doesn't feel succession no. but then like i'm trying to think of other people they could have turned mm. like frank yeah i mean i think like like frank disappeared be, for a while then came back be, it would have to be a character that we don't get to live in their head all that often right. i feel like um you yeah. know Colin. Carl, Carl doesn't feel like he's got the stomach for it because yeah. he's in a hostage crisis and had a panic attack. What are my bean pole? Is that you what he know? says? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> They're also cowardly that it would be very hard to imagine. But I think, like, the bigger question is, like, who would go to the FBI? Yeah. Yeah. You know, who would turn? Uh, who hasn't turned already? Like, who could have turned in the time jump? Yeah. I guess is not Wait, an impossible. Tom testified thing. before Congress, right. but that's part of the yeah. cover. That's how deep it goes. <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, as Bram calls him, Tom Wamsbauer. Uh, so you never know. I you love this know. theory. I'm I gonna keep thinking great. about it. Me too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's rate the Roys. Are you ready? We're going to go through each of the main characters here of Succession, give them a score of zero to four based on their appearance in the season four premiere. Uh, Let's start with the kids. I feel like this is, for me, it's ultimately going to be relatively easy that I think at least, uh, if not all three of them getting a four, I think Pretty, pretty darn close. Uh, The one who I'm waffling on a little bit is Shiv, given like the situation with Shiv and Tom. But even her ability to win over Nan Pierce, like she's the MVP of the situation with the Pierce acquisition. So I think I'll just kick us off and say I'm giving Kendall, Roman and Shiv four points each, Jess shocking is that shocking Uh, yes yes and not not kendall and roman i gave them fours as well because they they win right you win you get the four i also think i almost put kendall at a three actually i'm going to i'm gonna put kendall at a three and roman at a four and here's my line of thinking roman is the most i'm gonna like okay this is gonna sound wild coming out of my mouth but roman is the most level-headed sibling in this episode he is the one who is thinking most logically most clearly uh, not thinking with revenge in mind, which is how I feel Shiv and Kendall are operating. I thought you were going to say, which is what I feel all the time. <laughs> Just feel revenge all revenge the time. Is mine. <laughs> but Shiv is not getting a four from me. And the reason is things go so poorly with Tom. And I think, and I've said this before, I kind of posted a little bit about it in our patron discord that Shiv feels a lot like Logan this episode. I feel like they are mirrors of each other. And we see Logan extremely lonely. Probably the loneliest we've ever seen him. He d- Marsha is in Milan forever. forever. His children aren't speaking to him except for Connor, who we know is mostly in it for the money. And and it's he's, he doesn't value Connor in the same way he values the other three. And Shiv is is 
just as lonely when you think about it. She does not know how to be vulnerable with people, not even her husband. She cannot be vulnerable with him. She can't even stomach the thought of like hearing out his his complaints, right? He says, uh, do you want to talk through the pain points of our marriage? And she, she shuts him down. No, she has to have the power. She always has to have the power, always has to have the control, just like Logan. I don't think she deserves a for this episode because as much as we want to say, she is what like 70% in this marriage for control for tactics to have Tom on her side. There is, in my opinion, a part of her that does love Tom and likes the security of him, likes him being her rock. Her marriage is over. I gave her a two, Ooh. even with, even with the win. I don't emotionally, I don't think she is at a four. Yeah. Emily, what would you say about the the performances of Kendall, Roman, and Shiv in this episode, and whether they are worthy of a four or a two? Where would you where would you go? Somewhere in between, lower? You can't go higher. I mean, I think I agree with you both on on Logan. I mean, on uh, Roman, Kendall. Uh, I, they get straight fours for me. You know, knocked it out of the park. Although Kendall is very subdued in this, he's very he calm. Is. He's very cool, very collected. But that's better to be subdued yes. than to be saying "dude" to a Lawrence Yee right. and getting mocked for it. Right. Uh, so exactly. like he's, he's in the back seat, letting them drive, and he looks pretty good as a result. But he's holding that navigation. Let me put yes. it that way. Um. And um. Actually, Shiv, you just missed the left. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty slight left. It was easy to miss. Yeah. <laughs> As for so, Shiv, uh, yeah, we have to turn around. It, it, Shiv is complicated. I agree with you, Jess. I think that she has such poor behavior when it comes to Tom and just completely cutting him off and not allowing him to have any feelings about anything is a particularly cruel tactic that we know probably is self-preservation on her end, you know, not having to feel those difficult feelings and having to think about the fact that she's to blame for a lot of the misgivings and problems that have happened in their marriage. And not al allowing for him to even speak on it, not even being able to say like, hey, you know, maybe maybe now is not a great time, but we should talk tomorrow or we should we should figure out a time where we can really air our grievances because that's a lot of, you know, closure that needs to happen here. I mean, but they're not great about that. Everybody in this family is not great about really saying how they feel and, you know, being able to kind of control that even though they think they're controlling everything yeah they're not great about how they process their emotions and how they deal with them and how they talk to each other about them so it's not a surprise that Shiv's having trouble dealing with the end of her marriage but it's a it's a pretty cruel thing to watch Tom just trying ever so slightly to say hey you know can, can we I talk say about something yeah, yeah can I can I kind of tell you how I'm feeling and she's like absolutely not <laughs> this is not the way to have an argument in your marriage no and also it's like at the end of the night where everyone's tired they're not gonna sleep it's gonna yeah. be awful um yeah. so for that I give Shiv a 1.5 how long do you think they continue to hold hands in bed when they're holding hands in bed do they is that just like uh, for like another couple of minutes or yeah because then your hands night? get sweaty and especially yeah. if you're gonna break up yeah Ugh. yeah I feel like even when you really like somebody, you're not holding hands for that long. <laughs> I held your hand yesterday. Am I oversharing? I held your hand yesterday for a little while on the sidewalk. That was yeah, cute. and then we're like, ah, this is uncomfortable. Let's just walk with our arms swinging, you know, <laughs> like we always do. Like we always do. Just like uh, you know, just, just to kind of really swinging your yeah, arms. Yeah, theater arms down the street. That's what we're doing. All right, a one point five for Shiv from Emily Five. Yeah, well, I mean, she's really amazing and strategic in her negotiations of things. But I think because of Tom, we we got to knock her down a peg or two. I'm feeling charitable. I'm feeling charitable. It's the it's the first episode. It's only downhill from here. So let me give <laughs> Shiv a four while I can. Uh, okay, so that's the three the three main kids. How about the kid that's still sticking with Logan Roy? Connor Roy, Emily, Connor is polling at 1%. Does that make this easy for him? Yeah, let's give Connor? him a one. He's the worst. Is he the uh, worst? Call it, man. Stop yeah. trying to milk this for any sort of ego save at this point. Like, you're an embarrassment, dude. Wow. Step back. Step harsh. back and sit down. Sit, sit back. Step back. Well, Sit the thing down. that I hate about Connor as like a, a just as he is, is that he's been enabled his entire life. There's never been anybody that said like, no, you're not doing this. Hey, this is silly. This is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Right. You know, he's always been like, OK, sure, whatever. Like throw some money at the problem, make him go away kind of thing. 
And like now he's like on a the most public political stage he could possibly get to, I guess, at this mm-hmm. point with a sort of pay to play thinking. And he's still polling at 1%. Like he's so unlikable to the general American public. Like call it. But... Go back to your freaking ranch. Chill. Decant, hyper decant your wine. Hang out with your wife that you paid for. Like just just do it like yeah. what are we doing here yeah. get out of here yeah. stop stop yeah. it i'm embarrassed for you he's in the conversation oh. though jess this is pretty good for connor he is i found honestly i think the, the part i found most interesting about connor's storyline this episode is willa and how she says even if you pay you'd still be rich right if you paid the money it's almost like she wants him to have notoriety Right. Like she is kind of siphoning off of that. Yeah. Like she is a parasite on a parasite almost mm-hmm. of siphoning off. Cause at this point, she's super complicit. I know we felt bad for Willa for like a really long time, but like it's been four seasons. Like Willa, get out of this if you don't want to be in it. You know, she's in it. So might as well condemn her as well. That she says, Well, you used to be rich. You know, what do you, what do you care uh, if you spend another hundred million? He seems to be a little bit worried about the money side of things as he's been worried in the past about his his millions billions whatever uh i only gave him a one you know he's at, he he's josh he's trying to have bum fights and razzmatazz at his wedding this is just not acceptable and it's so embarrassing like don't yeah. do that i'm embarrassed no for don't do it but also do it because i want to watch it on the show well, I think. yeah like i do want to see how but it's that just could so cringy it's so cringy mm-hmm. yeah. i can't yeah, I'm uh, mad about it. Can Stuart you says harsh words for the future president. <laughs> uh, gotta hear it. <laughs> and Will adds that that one percent could sway the election, and I think that that's a joke. But I also think that there is a reality to this. Of uh, elections can be real close. Oh, one percent could matter. So it's not like Connor is going to be the president, but Connor Roy could kind of decide. Who is the president of the United yeah. States? Willis um, had a theory that he pitched to me about uh, about Connor and the presidential run and how important that one percent will be. That his father will need that one percent in order to get Jared Mankin elected, mm-hmm. and how Connor could be a very important chess piece in all of that. I found that theory interesting. Way. Like either like he yeah, siphons I- like the Republican vote or he like siphons the Democrat vote. Uh, it's hard to yeah. know which way it goes, but like this could be this could be bad. It could be good. It could be bad it does, yeah. it's hard to say well because we've we've all said like oh each season is dedicated to each roy child right and uh connor hasn't yet to get a season and could this be the important season that we all need connor for yeah emily fox so if the final season is like really deeply dedicated to a connor roy deep dive how are you gonna feel you like if this like sort of like the main plot engine of the final <laughs> season you're just gonna have to have me on like, every week that's yeah. what it's gonna be uh-huh. i'll tell you yeah. why yeah. i think this is messed up and why you know, psychologically, it's it's the poor choice. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Connor, I'll give him a one as well. Uh, <laughs> the Disgusting Brothers on Roy Rating Tour. Let's go to Tom and Greg here. Um, Emily, you've maybe missed it, but um, on the podcasts with Rob that I have done on Succession so far, he's gotten a real good hate in the Cousin Greg. You got a real good hate into Cousin Greg in the preseason. And then felt very, it's like that he's like kind of scummy, Cousin Greg, that he's like secretly, stealthily kind of a scummy guy. And the season premiere did not hurt his case. Uh, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, there's like a bro component to this, like mm-hmm. a, a bro quality that you see with him where he kind of got into the fraternity of the Roy family and now has poor behavior as a result yeah not that he was like flying high beforehand and i mean we no he was and then puking (laughs) out of dodrick's eyes right right exactly but yeah he i think he's really leaned into the the caricature that he's created for himself especially in this first episode back where you know he brings this date and everybody is kind of like what are you doing and then he's like yeah and then we got busy in this bedroom and we did all this stuff and you're just like Ew, this is your uncle's birthday party. And it's yeah. not like it was like a cool birthday where like, you know, everybody was hooking up with everyone. Cool party. Like, yeah. Cool party. Yeah. yeah. This is like, you know, a, a very high wealth, you know, 
family on the Upper East Side in like a townhouse situation with like mm-hmm. tons of security. And, you know, it's it's also just like a I funny don't think, thing. Like, like wealth aside, I don't think that you should be like secretly banging in the humidor of anybody's house. Like during the day, yeah. Yeah. too. It's not like it was late at night where everyone like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what scenario I'm trying to create where like this is acceptable. I love, I love Emily saying like, listen, it was during the day. It wasn't even at night. I'm really trying night. to guide her away from this because this impacts how I'm presented to the public. So no, but you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a, uh, like a fun, like 20 something party where like things got a little debaucherous and this is what happened in someone's room in their like crappy apartment. You know what I mean? Logan is like acting like a 20 something year old, right? Like he's like still trying to be like, uh, Oh, smell Greg's finger. Win a buck. Like, you know, he's like acting like a college kid. Is that a college kid move? He's That's definitely like, a college kid move. He's yeah. like acting like a frat bro. Yeah. I'm so far removed from all of this now. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. been in that monogamous world since I was 21 years old, friends. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. still, I think, you know, he is pretty despicable in some of his behavior as of late. And it's funny to watch. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is very funny to watch. Like these people are all rotten. So, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, is this. This is probably the most loathsome Cousin Greg behavior, yeah. I do think, ultimately. But then you see, like, also classic Cousin Greg, where Tom's like, I don't know. Well, like, they filmed this. And he's like, oh, no. Um, do you believe Logan? the CCTV or no? If I mean, there's bigger fish to fry, though. Like, this uh-huh. shouldn't be, like, the main concern. But, of course, it, Greg turns it into it being all about himself, which is yeah. classic Greg. So Yeah, sure is classic Greg. Jess, where did you land with Cousin Greg on the rate Royce? Listen... He's 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 gross, but he's still cousin Greg. And season three, we didn't get as much Greg and Tom as we were used to because they were on opposite sides. They're back together. And the cousin Greg and Tom stuff was my absolute favorite stuff of the episode for for comedy purposes. Um, I also think there's something there of like, even when he admits this to Logan, he's like, well, Logan smirked a little bit. So he's not like in the worst position ever. Is he a bit disgusting? Yeah, but he's a disgusting brother, and they're all disgusting. Yeah, we hate them all, yep. right? Let me have my fun. Let mm. me like cousin Greg. Okay, I'm not stop liking him. You're allowed. You're allowed yeah. to like cousin Greg. Um, I gave cousin Greg a two because <laughs> yeah, even though he I, does I bad things, two. he's still in the worst spot ever. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, uh, I'll join you on the two for cousin Greg, and then I think I'm gonna give Tom a three. Yeah, I think is where I'm gonna land with Tom. Tom. Wow, that's what I'm doing too. I'm giving Tom a three, you know, because he has to be meaningfully above Greg. I think for me, I think that there's such a sadness to Tom in this episode that really resonates. He wanted to be heard by Shiv. She's not hearing him. He made his move. He's committed to it. He is obviously close enough with Logan. Like much has been made. Like much ado about calling Logan Logue uh, in this episode. <laughs> like, what's up, all. Logue? Uh, apparently, Carrie calls him Logue as well. So, like, maybe I really do think it's possible. Like on the other side of Tuscany, Logan's like, I need a new name. Call me Logue. <laughs> uh, like it feels like you know he needed to feel youthful again. This is like his felicity moment, Emily, of just like uh, cutting, cutting his, his hair. hair down. Yeah, <laughs> just cutting a couple letters off of his name. Uh, but he also uh, Logan talks to Tom. He says, Tommy. I need this. Like there is this increased familiarity between Logan and Tom that the move that Tom made at the end of season three to make the deal with the devil, you know, the, the morality of that, notwithstanding, he is obviously in really deep with Logan. Call your wife, call your wife. The issue is, yeah, like Tom and Greg potentially have screwed this thing up. And it's like their fault that the Pierce thing happens because Tom called Shiv. And so Shiv catches wind of it. But it also does seem on further review, we've uh, studied the CCTV and it does <laughs> look like Greg bringing Bridget, what's her face, uh, to random the party, F. random yeah. F, uh, that she was like, she tagged a Pierce on social bun, media. Bun Pierce, yeah. So, you but know. But I think, I, yeah. I think my problem with all of this, I, I was much lower on Tom for multiple reasons. One uh, is that he is getting a divorce. He seems very distraught about it. This is his personal life. That is not boding well for him. Also, I don't think the conversation goes great when he says, well, what would happen if Shiv and I were to bust up? <laughs> and and Logan says, oh, if I'm with you, if I got you, I got you. And like, no, no, uh, no. Like, Mm -hmm. he says, I'm very heartened. Like, no, this seems very bad. And so we know they're getting a divorce, which is is not great. And also, I noticed in a a second 
or third or fourth watch. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. That Tom, the fifth time you got it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tom is not wearing his wedding wing for most of the episode. However, when we see him and Shiv talking at the end of the episode and he is alone going to bed, he's wearing his wedding ring. And it that made me so supremely sad. Yes. <laughs> and I just think like that is a pure sign to me that like that's what he, he when he is alone, he wants to be wearing that. It's not a show for anybody. It's just for him. Uh, so I give him a one. I feel like yeah, this is a bad so episode for Tom. He doesn't get the deal with PGM. He uh, doesn't seem to get reassurances from Logan that even if him and Shiv aren't together, he's a useful tool for for uh, Logan because his connection to Shiv is what's keeping him in his spot, in my opinion. So, so he's like know. the Charlotte York of like walking around with your engagement ring on, even though you yes. already called it. Uh, That's so sad, but yes. Uh, so does that make Shiv gonna... Trey McDougal? Oh, no, don't do that to <laughs> Shiv. Yeah, because she's got a weird parental fixation. Listen, having mm. rewatched Sex in the City in its entirety over the last two months, I've got thoughts about Trey McDougal. I think he gets a bum rap. Uh, I think like he has a couple of things that are not so great, but a couple of things that are much better than I remembered. Uh, I was like, oh, I think he actually cared about Charlotte. He let her go. You know, that was nice. All righty. Uh, all righty. Uh, all right. So that's a that's a three and a three and a one for Tom. That leaves us with three other people to rate. Marsha's easy. She's in Milan. Bye. So uh, potentially forever. forever. So <clears throat> she's not in the episode. Jerry's barely in the episode, but she's like the only one is like, I don't want to get in on all this horribleness. Um, but she is still in the room. <laughs> so what do we give her a three? I yeah, gave her a three. Yeah, yeah. Let's give her a three. It's sure. Jerry. It's Jerry. It's Jerry. Yeah. Uh, and also waste our loses here. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's not yeah, great. Can't give her a four. No. Logan Roy. Happy birthday, Logue. Um, I I have just not been able to stop thinking about that scene in the diner. I, I think, you keep talking about it. It's actually very true. Like off mic. Like I keep talking about it. If you haven't listened to the Versus podcast yet, uh, I had a moment that made me very, very happy in the audio engineering suite uh, as uh, as I was editing that podcast. And something that I thought would be fun to do is like, put some of the Yellow Jackets music to some of the succession dialogue and vice versa. And like, what does that evoke? What does that represent? And so I put the the scene with Logan and Colin and I set it to, to Sharon Von Etten's 17, which is yeah. in the Yellow Jackets premiere. And it made me so sad. It made me like so emotional to like when he's like, we can't know. Uh, while like this 90s power jam is blaring in the background. I've just I he is he is a horrendous person clearly and he has done so many horrendous things but I feel like this episode opened the window towards like I think we might finally get to know this guy like uh in in a fuller way in season four uh at least I'm hopeful that that's where we're going and I think that Brian Cox this is another piece of it too that I think that I'm only in the last like little while identifying with it's like it's not just logan roy examining his own mortality brian cox has fewer years left than he has you know you know uh, at this point like he is he's getting up there and he is such a treasure and he's such a great actor and he's been in so many things that i've greatly enjoyed that just like seeing him meditate on that i mean that's so hagen for god's sake emily right you know <laughs> uh so like i i feel very connected to to him in that moment in that scene I think it's definitely my favorite scene of the premiere. And I've said, I think it's like a top five Logan Roy moment for me. Could be a top five scene from succession for me. I love the diner scene very much. I mean, it's just really sad. Yeah. It's very sad. I mean, we can have no sympathy for Logan in the long run, but thinking about the fact that he's there with a personal bodyguard just eating on his birthday. Yes. He already had a party. Yeah. But he's still like, I'm hungry. Can we go out? Yeah. And that's the only person that accompanies him. And he's trying to make conversation and, and, you know, kind of have his, I don't know, try to have any sense of normalcy in what is a, like the most abnormal situation for him. You know, he's had plenty of birthdays. We know this, obviously, but he has no one to share it with. And it's so abundantly clear in this completely of his own making. Yeah, that should be clear. Um, And it's not even like he's at a fancy restaurant or something like that. He's just at like the corner diner. He's getting like a club sandwich or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. which oh, that sounds so good. It really sounds amazing. Club sandwich. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry, um, sorry. It's lunchtime. I got got really clearly haven't eaten. (laughs) I got so personal. But it's 
it paints such a vivid picture of somebody that can be such a brilliant business person, right? Someone who has fought, who has been like absolutely bold and like a bull in a China shop with everybody in his life and has gotten to the top, arguably. Yep. Has made all of this money, yet is still yeah. alone. And, you know, it, it's, it just speaks to the brilliance of the writing of this show, but it also, I think you know just shows who logan truly is in that moment he's vulnerable he's quiet and he's like trying to be interesting but it's it's just an old man sitting at a diner with someone he employs yeah it's very sad Yikes. uh like i love the scene i feel i feel uh really connected to it i'm still not gonna give like why why do you feel connected anything. to it though um, I don't know. I Sometimes think- I feel old and like I'm at the top alone. <laughs> Listen, uh, to be like really candid, like, you know, uh, like starting to get to the place of like pushing 40, I've been starting to have like some of those, oh, oh we're getting closer to the other side. And like, I've been like feeling a little nervous about that. Uh, and it was my birthday recently and that's been a little bit on my mind. So You've I think like considering this- mortality. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think right. in this day and age, maybe a lot of us are. Uh, and so like that's definitely been on my mind. So I just I found it to be really powerful and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that scene. I'm still like going pretty low for Logan Roy. I will give him one point. Uh, I am to understand, Jess, that one is the loneliest number. Uh, two can be as bad as one, uh, but one tends to be the loneliest number. Yeah, I gave him a big fat zero. Um <laughs> And it's not because I don't love that scene because I really do. And I think it's yeah. a I think it's one of the most vulnerable and po- personal moments we've had with Logan across four seasons, which says a lot about yeah. that character. Um, but when you're calling your bodyguard your best pal and your family members are all avoiding you on your birthday, you don't it, he even says to Carrie, why are all these effing people so happy? Yes. It's your birthday party and that's how he feels he says i have everything i could want you know the gojo deal is going through pgm is going to be mine he's going to get pgm we know he has wanted for years and years and years this is a he wants it to get back at you and right this is what he has hungered for this is his vengefulness coming through um that gets squandered and he's he's desperately alone he's so much so that you can tell in that scene when he says tell me a joke tell someone tell me a joke yeah his kids would be joking and that's what he's missing roast me yeah and no one can do it like his kids can and it just goes to show you money can't buy everything can't buy a Um, glass no so (laughs) i i gave him a zero i think this is a terrible episode for logan it's it makes me it shades of uh kendall on his birthday acting like a child at the end that's how it feels uh logan is not in a great place and i think he earns the zero that i gave him all right fair enough emily did you give a score for logan roy i think i was gonna give him a one yeah i think that yeah nice you know my house in lockstep we love it (laughs) uh all right well let us rate everything else of course if you want to rate the roys you can go to pushyourrecaps.com slash rate roy to do so that's pushyourrecaps.com slash rate roy you can get additional feedback in throughout the season uh we are also tracking how many times has logan roy said f off on the show before a big fat zero in this episode it seems like jess unless you and i missed something I didn't see anything. I double, triple checked. You've watched five times. I feel uh, like there you would wasn't, have noticed. And I'm really upset that there wasn't one because it feels like there should have been one. Like he could have said it at the end of the, oh, you effing morons. But No, I mean, that's the point. He's not right. He's yeah. not right. And he's not at his best. Uh, so, you know, even like the you, congratulations, congratulations on saying the biggest effing number is such a wet balloon. You know, yeah. it's like it's like a fart of an insult. So, you know, he can't like... <laughs> He can't even take a proper crap on his kids. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, three Ken dads. Kendall says dad thrice. He says Logan a bunch. Yeah, he calls him Logan. And I feel like you that to me, uh, words mean a lot. And I feel like the fact that he's calling his father Logan here is just like further removing them from that, like that uh, closeness, that intimacy of the word dad. I yeah. feel like it's important, too. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about, uh, we have a category called Blank's Dead, which takes its name from when Logan in the first episode tells Roman, Frank's dead, uh, as far as being fired. So who's dead? Who's been fired? Sometimes it's a literal death. Sometimes it's a metaphorical death. I think this week, it's Shiv and Tom's marriage, right? Yeah. Oh, 
it hurts and it's mm. true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Very excited about this. We have the column, the category, Daddy's Favorite. Uh, Who is Daddy's Favorite on any given week? And I think for the very first time, Connor? No, I think Colin. Uh, you're my pal. Oh, you're my best pal. pal. How could be anybody other than Colin? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, thank you. He's like, Colin. I have to say whatever you want me yeah. to say. That's part of the deal. You yes. will note that he doesn't tell Logan that, Logan, you're my best pal. No, he doesn't. And so that's thank you three a times. Particularly painful moment. Very awkward. <laughs> uh, in the ongoing battle of Greg versus Tom, uh, we have been tracking this throughout the show, and it is currently at a standoff through three seasons. Every episode, who had the better episode, Greg or Tom? Greg has won 13 times. Tom has won 13 times. We've had a couple of weeks that have been a tie. Who shall break the tie here in the final season? Uh, I think that this is, uh, for me, this is really, I feel like Tom is is my pick, but I think, Jess, you're going to like very seriously disagree. I do disagree. Yeah. yeah, I think that Tom Tom is getting divorced. Yeah, I he's disagree obviously too. Very, very <laughs> upset about it. Even though he's Logan's number one guy, all of this is happening. All this conversation, this uh, negotiating, is happening through Tom, and ultimately they don't land the deal. Partially because. Tom cannot like work with Shiv enough to get information out of her partially because he let her know the deal was even happening in the first place. Yeah. Like, there are so many moments where Tom makes missteps this episode that I don't think he earns it, even though Greg uh, is rummaging in a spare bedroom or humidor room or whatever. Rummaging. Uh, <laughs> did you rub uh, in fruition? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Greg is winning this. Episode. I agree. I think Greg wins. It doesn't matter what I vote then. So Greg is the winner of episode one. I think Tom's better off. Think of the long run. Yeah, Tom's better. I mean, that's but that's a different argument. It is yeah. a different argument. Um, okay, rating the episode on the same scale that we rate the Roy's. Uh, so it's zero to four. In the past, this is how I've scored the premieres. Uh, the very first episode, I gave a three point five. The very first episode of season two, I gave a three point six. The very first episode of season three, I gave a three point five. And I guess history shall repeat. For season four, episode one, I'm giving it a 3.6. I think that there is room to grow. I think that there is like a little bit of an initial shock that has to wear off when you realize, oh, we've cleared so much time. So much time has passed between uh, season three and season four uh, that I felt like that impacted my first viewing of the episode. Um, And I think that there's just a lot of table setting that has to happen here. It's a great episode. I think it, you know, like I said, it contains one of my favorite uh, scenes of the whole show. But there's just something about like there's like a reorientation that has to occur here in this first episode that just like scooches it down a bit for me. And I want to give some room to the rest of season four because I feel like this is probably going to be one of the lower rated episodes would be my guess uh, as we get like deeper into real end game territory here in the final season of Succession. Um, Emily, what would you uh, rate this episode scale of zero to four? I would give it a three point seven. I really okay. like it. I think we hit the ground running, and I appreciated that. And that's Great. all I have to say about wow, it. Wow. Okay, Emily. <laughs> we love it. Uh, Jess, you cannot give it a full five uh, for each time you've watched the episode. No. But you can get no. as close to that as you want to get. Yeah, which is a four, which is what I gave it. Um, nice. I, I really loved this premiere. I don't know if it's just the fact that I was just starved for succession, new succession content. But I really do think the time jump worked for me very well. I feel like this episode had everything I wanted it to have. It had tension. It had uh, the kids working together still. I'm so pleased that at the very least we get one single episode of them working harmoniously. It had the the Tom and Greg content that I needed. So it had everything that I wanted. Maybe I'm a little bit too high on it, but I'm so, so pleased Succession is back. And I feel like they really did a good job with the premiere. Previously, I haven't been super high on the premieres. I don't think they're usually the strongest episodes. I've only given them, I've given every single premiere a three and a half so they did something right here and they yeah. really hooked me back into the season i didn't feel like it took me very long to orient myself in in okay we're a few months out from the from the finale and i just think there were so many episodes that were com- or so many moments that were complete gut punches the tom and shiv scene and the logan scene that's two massive dramatic heavy scenes that impacted me very like so so much 
that I just feel like it earned a full four. All right. So it's a full four from Jess, a three, seven from Emily. I gave it a three, six. What did you give it? Go to postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy and submit your score for all of the main cast as well as the episodes of Succession as we are moving into the end game. That's a wrap on week one of Succession. Next time you hear from us on the Succession podcast feed, it's going to be our live Sunday night recap of season four, episode two, rehearsal. No idea if Nathan Fielder is showing up, but we can only hope. Uh, join us live on postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time, right around there. We will go live. It'll be myself Jess and the great Grace leader talking you through rehearsal. We will hear from Grace again with Dr. Amanda on Monday's deep dive into episode two, where they will really take it apart. I'll get together with Latanya on the versus podcast this week. We're doing succession season four versus yellow jacket season two. Grace will be joining me over there as well, since she is not able to weigh in on yellow jackets, second episode of season two, which if you watch Yellow Jackets, watch that one soon is all I'll say. Uh, and then I'll get together with Rob uh, to talk about the second episode of the final season of Succession. And hey, if you liked this one, if you liked the wrap up show, maybe we'll do it again. Uh, TBD, but we had fun. Did we have fun? I had fun. Yeah, so much fun. Did you have fun, Emily? Yeah, absolutely. I hope yeah. we fun Are we having guys. fun yet? <sighs> As they say on Emily Fox's. She's got to. Re- I, I got to get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> to be dearly departed party down as that show has just dropped its Hashtag final episode of Ken Marino three. forever. Ken Marino for life. Emily and Dr. Amanda are talking about party down. So if you are also watching party down and not listening to that podcast, you should do it. Seek out post show recaps, party down wherever you get your podcast and follow Emily on the internet at Emily, wherever you can find her for all of the incredible things that she's doing. She's always doing great stuff. Uh, we love to hear it. Uh, Jess, where can people find you? At the Jess Sterling on Twitter. All right. I'm at Round Howard, wherever you can find me. And typically, you can find me on Post Show Recaps, which you can find at postshowrecaps.com slash subscribe to stay plugged into all of the latest and greatest stuff we've got going on here on the podcast. And of course, if you want to get the commercial-free versions of these Succession podcasts, you can sign up to be a patron of PSR. You will get every single Succession final season podcast ad-free at every level when you sign up to be a patron of Post Show Recaps, patreon.com slash post show recaps that is week one of successions final season in the books until next time everybody f off <laughs>